understand what's happening right now. What's happening in Texas. We've got some nice weather trending across the vicinity tomorrow on into the first part of the weekend. By Sunday, rain returns along with deeper layered tropical moisture. But for the time being, the humidity is going to be falling off. But that's going to allow for some comfortable mornings and not too bad or not too hot for the afternoons. 80s to 90 today, lowers to low 70s. Sunday tomorrow, it won't feel as humid. The highs, too, won't be as warm into the mid-80s. Slight chance Saturday, scattered to likely Sunday. Rob Sanji, WGSO. Are you in need of roof repair, roof replacement, or roof installation services? We're here to help. With a highly trained, licensed, insured, and experienced team of roofing contractors for all types of roof, we use top quality materials and work tirelessly to craft the perfect roof, but our pricing is so affordable. Contact us today for a no-obligation estimate. Call 205-222-3500. That's 205-222-3500. For the food show, this second installment of the food show, post you know what, five five six nine six nine six. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you about food, or I would say anything, but let's kind of limit it to food, or you know, post Ida food, or anything uh, that has to do with food in your experience in the last ten days. Five five six nine six. Nine six. We have Nicole Dorignac coming up. She said she may be a little late, but promises it will be worth it. I said that the events at the store over the last 10 days are probably very entertaining. I'm sure she has been insanely busy, and I uh, asked her if she would divulge some of the things that she's been up to, and she is very happy to do that. Five five six. Probably the supply chain situation that existed before Ida has been greatly exacerbated by Ida. And so I would kind of like to see how that has worked out for everyone in the last 10 days. Patty, do you think that the phones have been checked or are we maybe going to experience a very silent show again well we, we've been getting properly the earlier shows have been getting phone calls so the phone's been so far it's been coming through okay. but our phones are internet based and so the internet but, sometimes but wait what up. but what did you say the phones are internet based so oh, okay that that's part of the okay. problem but so far this morning they've been working fine hmm. okay so if I don't get any phone calls, I, I should take it personally. Okay. No. <laughs> the people who All are right. calling might not have phones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that one. We're going to go with that one. Yes. Today is uh, the birthday of Mario Batali, who was uh, fabulously celebrated for many, many years and sort of fell out of favor as one of the casualties of the Me Too movement. And we haven't heard much from him lately. He was... Uh, he was very popular. He was Food Network, wasn't he? Is he one of the old guard of Food Network? Yes, I think he, he was. was. Yeah, he was the Emerald Era, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's really interesting. I'm kind of curious. Um, I would like to talk about this if anyone would like to join in. 
The Food Network started in 1990. And I remember that uh, a friend of mine said that the reason he was so enthusiastic about the Food Network, he was one of Emerald's most avid fans. And the reason was that he felt that the Food Network was one thing on television he could be fairly sure he could watch with his underage daughter. And I think that was a really, really important draw for the Food Network. And I think it's actually what put the Food Network on the map. And then, of course, in that 30-year period of time, so much has changed about the way we eat, the focus of the kind of food we eat, and just in general, the food scene across America and internationally, that the shows, I feel, became less um, personal and less about food and more about showmanship on television. Do you think that's true, Patty? Definitely. I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the Food Network was really, in its early days, about cooking. And personalities, I mean, the media business is 100% a personality-driven business. You could have the greatest content but if your personality does not connect with a certain number of people, that being enough people, it's not going anywhere. And that is proven time and time again by the number of shows that you think should really be big and they just fall flat. So the personalities that emerged in the early days of the Food Network, I think Bobby Flay was among the first ones, wasn't he? He was in that group, that first, I should call it first class of, of uh, chefs that were celebrities, made celebrities by the Food Network. I'd say Bobby Flay, Emeril, Mario Batali. The Iron oh. Chef guy, what is his name? I can't remember his What's name. What's his name? The Iron Chef what? guy. You know, the, I don't uh, know. See, I don't, I don't really watch the Food Network I because I find name. it too gimmicky. Mm -hmm. And I never did watch the Food Network because when it started, my kids were little and we didn't watch TV at all. So um, I, I don't really know that much about the Food Network. <clears throat> but I've observed over the years that it's become much more gimmicky, much more... Uh, carnivaly. It's uh, all about television and the personalities are much more modern, youngish. And the show content is sometimes ridiculous, I think. <laughs> so so um, it's a pity because, I, I, you know, and I guess it's probably just kind of like in, indicative of where the culture or how the culture has devolved in those 30 years. But um, in the day of Mario Batali, when he first appeared on the Food Network, along with Emeril and all those people in that class, I think that it was definitely all about the cooking and about a passion for food. And the reason I'm so high on the the Bobby Flay and Jada show is that it's about 
that again. And it's really, and it's about origins of food. I mean, what was it? Al- I, Alton Brown, I think, was also in that original group. And yeah, that was the kind name of an interesting I take. Of. He, uh, they used to have oh, that was- Iron Chef competition where they had all these chefs uh, on a t- time clock, like they gave them ingredients and they all had to yeah, think yeah, of yeah, something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he was the host of that, Alton Brown. <laughs> Oh, Alton Brown was? Yeah, he was Alton Brown's kind of like a food scientist. So he had a different take on all of this. And it was a welcome take, but it was very different. I don't know how far back Ina Garten goes in the Food Network, but she would be that, you know, that smooth and and dignified cooking show. I mean, if you think about the way food television has evolved since Julia Child, it really is different it really is interesting how and and i like i said i think it goes along with the devolution of the culture the culture has become a lot more ridiculous since then and uh shows like like bert wolf we talked about bert wolf not long ago and um the cook's illustrated guys all of these shows have given way to things like Guy's Grocery Games, The Great Food Truck Race, which are entertaining. I'm not saying that there's anything like horribly wrong with them. I'm just saying that it's not, it's not the same thing as just cooking delicious food. So anyway, Mario Batali, the reason I got into that was that, first of all, I would love to talk about that. I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about. You know, like what were your favorite Food Network shows way back when and what are they now? And just in general, that time period uh, that Mario Batali was in, in the Food Network. You know, back in the day, they had just a few celebrities, and those celebrities had like three or four shows each. And then, of course, they just started getting lots and lots and lots of them, and so none of them get to air that much, and they don't have to work quite as hard. But... Uh, I'm kind of curious to see who the original uh, the the original talent on the Food Network was, uh, but I do think Mario Batali is was among them. Anyway, he is. Let's see, he is sixty two uh, now, and um, he's one of the most celebrated American Italian chefs, born and grew up around Seattle, which is interesting because. I would have thought he was a New England, Northeastern kind of guy. Soon after graduating from college, he moved into a cooking career and has been at it ever since. Restaurants he opened in New York City with legendary Friuliano restaurateur Joe Bastianich were so lusty and unique that he became a major celebrity chef. He's still constantly on television and on tour. Uh, well, he this was before his Me Too moment, I guess, what, those two years ago, three years ago? And headlines numerous restaurants around the country. I don't know if he still uh, is all that actively involved in all of them as he was. I think he probably is laying low like some other people. Batali, with his infectious enthusiasm for earthy cookery, proves that one need be neither slender nor beautiful to get on television. Although the Food Network, in its effort to make everything on its air cute, has moved away from real chefs like Mario. Well, I think that is definitely true. But Guy Fieri is not uh, all that good-looking or slender, so... You know, I don't really know that there's a formula. Well, I do think there's a formula. 
strange. <laughs> I think that most of the people that I'm seeing, like the woman with the spiky uh, hair and yeah. the um, and the guy Fietti spiky blonde tips yeah i think that's there it's it's no longer ina garten let's put it that way we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back after these messages supply has reopened for you to come in and shop care has all the wipes gloves and sanitizing supplies that you may need and face masks they have a great selection of takeout containers too call billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are eight to four weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? Today is also the birthday of, <laughs> I would say the opposite of the Food Network, but we were just saying that the Food Network has become very gimmicky. But Harlan Sanders was born in 1890 in Henryville, Indiana. He's one of the world's most familiar faces. His portrait hangs in all 11,000 Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants around the world. He began cooking when he was six years old after his father, six years old, it's like my grandson, after his father died and his mother went to work, my goodness, he used that skill to open a cafe in a gas station when he was 10, no, I'm just kidding, uh, in Corbin, Kentucky in 1930. So let's see, he was 40 then. His food was good enough that it was highlighted in Duncan Hines's Guide to Dining Across America and for the governor to make him a Kentucky colonel. Colonel Sanders, as he was best known, perfected his fried chicken recipe by introducing the use of a pressure fryer. When a new highway bypassed his town, he sold the restaurant and gas station, but was left stone broke. At 65, he hit the road selling restaurateurs around the country on his fried chicken recipe. It was an enormous success and Kentucky Fried Chicken became an icon. In the early years, the KFC restaurants cooked all the chicken to order. When it went to a fast food, prepared an advanced production system, KFC lost a lot of its goodness. Tom said that Tom says that he is under the impression that the Colonel was never a fan of the crispy version when the original recipe was with the famous 11 herbs and spices is made properly, it's still pretty good. But it's a long, oily slide from the Colonel's original product. He died in 1980, but his countenance still gazes on all of us as we drive by. Patty, do you like KFC? I do. I do too. I mean, it's hard to find, do you, do you ever eat KFC? Well, there's not too many of them in New Orleans. I know. When, I know. So I was going to say, where do you get yeah, it? Whenever we go to the Gulf Coast or something, we always stop at KFC. Uh, so you make a point to get KFC when you see it. Yes. Okay. So we were doing, you know, this predates you on the show. 
But um, we were talking about KFC. And I'm trying to remember why I was down there. But I was down in... uh, Tom and I were both down in Chalmette for some reason. There's one in Chalmette. Earlier in the year, and I'm trying... Wait, what? There is one in Chalmette. Yeah, there is one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is one. And we went... We went, gosh, what did we go down there for? It was something having to do with the show. So we went down there. And then we, um, when we came back, I I noticed that there was a KFC, but we had eaten and I didn't want to get something. So we made a special trip to go down to have KFC. And I was astonished by two things. Because it's one of those things where we're always talking about stuff that was popular with us in our youth. And does it still taste as good? Do we still like it as much? Blah, blah, blah. So I went down to have KFC and I got the original and the crispy version. And the first thing that struck me was how expensive it is now. It is. I mean, I mean, granted, it's, you know, not if you were to go actually sit in a restaurant and eat and it was a real restaurant, of course, it's nothing like that. But fast food is no longer as cheap as it was. I mean... I remember when we first evacuated from Katrina, this would have been 16 years ago now, and we discovered five guys. And that was a, I guess, $7 burger, which it kind of still is, which is interesting because it's been 15 years. So maybe it was a $5 burger. And, you know, McDonald's was a $1 burger or something. And I think McDonald's can be still had for that, which kind of alludes to its goodness. But anyway, um, it was like seven ninety nine for a two piece chicken plate, and that just seemed really high for fast food. I'm not saying that that's expensive, but the last time I had KFC, it was like four something, you know. So uh, we did get both the crispy and the original, and they were both still really good. I mean, it's that's a good recipe. Those are. Herbs and spices are really good. Do you like the original patty or the crispy? I do. The, uh, I like crispy? the original. I don't like the crispy. Well, I mean, Me I too. like it. But if I have Me to too. choose, I'm going to choose the original. Well, my feeling is if you're going to eat crispy chicken, you're probably best to go to Popeye's. Right. But <laughs> the, what makes KFC unique is the batter and its softness. Its coating is really good. It really is. And the flavorings in it are really good. And so, I mean, I get why it became, you know, world famous, but um, it's rare to find them now, which is kind of peculiar. I mean, do you think that's just because this is the land of Popeyes or do you think that KFCs have shrunk its, that KFC has shrunk its footprint everywhere? I don't know. I think you hit it the first time. I think this is kind of the land of Popeyes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we also have canes, which is a local thing too. So, um, so there's two things, and then of course everyone is Chick Fil A pressure cooked. Is that pressure cooked? I'm not a Chick Fil A fan. I know that's blasphemous to say, but I'm not a pressure cook. Hello, I'm not a pressure cooker either. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's pressure cooked Chick Fil A. I think they fry it up in the back. They do. Okay. I, think so. I mean, I. I used to eat Chick-fil-A when my daughter was little and we would go. Out together and see what we have um, 
Chick-fil-A there. We have Michael's well, What I noticed about it was I, I found, what? Michael 75. Okay, so we do have the phones working. Let's say hello to Michael 75. Hello, Michael. Hello there. I'm in the Great Smoky Mountains. You're, you're where? The Great Smoky Mountains. Oh, how nice for you. The, you Very love nice. It up here. I love it up here. A lot of guys with trousers on and uh, twigs in their mouths and twangs in their voices. <laughs> but... But we're, we're, oh, we're, gosh, we're, said like a true snob. Go ahead, what? We're, we're, we're coming back in mid-October. By the way, these people are I, so nice up here. And I've been eating a lot of biscuits with sausage gravy. Uh-huh. Uh, are, you at, are you at a house or are you in a hotel no, or what? No, we've got a special deal at the hotel for uh, the next month. We don't, we, we've got a new plan. We leave New Orleans October, I mean, August 15th. Don't come back till October 15th and enjoy the great city great for 10 months out of the year. I think it's a great idea. Great idea. Although I don't know what you're going to do. I guess you will have to adopt your, um, your food scavenging to the Great Smoky Mountains area and products. I mean, no, you, they, had a, they, they, you had a firm routine here. And, right, and I don't know how you're going to – go ahead. There's a, few, there's a few good stores here, uh, Publix and a few other ones that are pretty good. Nothing mm -hmm. compares to New Orleans, obviously. But we're not going to be in the Great Smokies every year. Every year we're in a new area. We'll be in Maine next year for two months. The year after that, Albuquerque. The year after that, Austin. And the year after that, San Francisco Valley. I love it. You have these, you have these reservations made already? <laughs> no, no. Well, that's this is just this is plan. so in other words so in other words the uh the hurricane was a life-altering experience for you in a good way oh yeah everyone the best hurricane life-altering experience was katrina we took off uh the whole family and went to uh, london paris and rome for 45 days and uh when we got back fema paid oh. for everything I see. So this, <laughs> so this was your um, your second great sojourn with the second big hurricane. I see. Okay. Well, Michael, if you, I, I thought we did pretty well with Hurricane Katrina. Well, actually, I did and I didn't. But anyway, uh, you definitely have just about everyone beat with that uh, that European vacay. I have to say, but, but I'm glad to see that you're enjoying yourself. Hmm? Yeah, did the uh, 79 degrees. And it's about an 85% Provence sky, which is spectacular. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. did you, in the Cool Water Ranch, uh, suffer any damage? Um, the Cool Water Ranch uh, took a big hit, but not the uh, housing structure. Tom has been in the hospital now for oh. uh, coming up on a week tomorrow. Oh, no. So, um, yes, oh, God. yes. The, okay, we're the family was greatly impacted yet again by a major storm yes oh, michael what we should have done was what you did except tom was really not able to travel that far right. and yeah. in I'm hindsight in hindsight i would have just done it anyway because uh what has happened instead is is really grotesque so right um, yeah so I'm yes sorry. we'll tell tom yes. we, we've got him on our prayer list every day 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Enjoy yourself Hello. in the Great Smoky Mountains. Have you had anything great to eat there? Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm still here. Have you had anything great to eat in the Great Smoky Mountains? Is he still there? I don't think so. I don't know. All right. Michael? Okay, he's gone. We must have, yeah, it says mountain, mountain uh, phones. <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> He's such a snob. He's such a snob talking about his uh, his hosts and how nice they probably are to him, and and they don't have any idea he's thinking about them in that way. Five five six nine six nine six is the number if you want to talk to me. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here doing the show, just as usual, but not as usual. And uh, we have at three o'clock. We hope to have at three o'clock Nicole Dorignac. She asked us to be a little bit flexible. She may be a little bit late, but we are looking forward to hearing from her about the pre and post hurricane adventures at a grocery store because those are pretty funny i would imagine today is national pressure cooking day in honor of colonel sanders probably responsible for more pressure cooking than any one other person pressure cooking involves closing a cooking utensil with an airtight lid such that boiling water inside causes the air pressure to rise under pressure water boils at a much higher temperature the pressure also forces the cooking liquid deeper and faster into the food. None of this ha haste creates any extra damage to the food. It's not a new idea. French inventor Denis Papin, in Papin is credited with devising it in the 1679s. Despite the complete safety of modern pressure cookers and their effectiveness, pressure cooking has never really caught on in the mainstream. Those who like the technique are very enthusiastic, but there lingers a widespread, unfounded doubt about it. You know, I think that used to be true, but I don't think it's true anymore. Isn't an Instapot a pressure cooker, Patty? That's what I think Steve told us. I didn't know that. I, I, I I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't know it was, but that's what we've been told. Here's how we're going to test out the phones and the post-Ida world landscape. Steve will be calling momentarily since we mentioned Instapot, and if not, <laughs> we have trouble. It's 2.30, time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. Entergy is reporting more progress in restoring power to the tens of thousands who lost it during Hurricane Ida. Here's Dave Brannon with an update. Intergy Louisiana CEO Philip May expressed the latest advances this way. Last night, we reached a major milestone and now have restored power to more than 90% of those who can take power in the greater Baton Rouge area and in New Orleans area. But Energy admits there's a long way to go before the lights come on for everyone. Hardhead Lafouche, St. Charles, and Terrebonne parishes are largely still in the dark, with outages of more than 90% reported in each of them. I'm Dave Brannon. 38-year-old Kenneth Willis of Baton Rouge was arrested Wednesday night for negligent homicide weeks after his infant daughter was found unresponsive inside of a hot car and later pronounced dead. Baton Rouge police say Willis was released on a $30,000 bond. And the state reports 4,900 new COVID-19 cases today, and COVID hospitalizations remain below 2,000 at 1,825. LRN. I'm up brewing coffee before the sun comes up. I do it because I'm passionate about being a bright spot in my customer's day. I'm made for this. It's about more than just fixing a car for me. I'm passionate about making sure my customers and their families are safe on the road. I'm made for this. We know what it's like to be passionate about what you do. It's how we feel about workers' comp. 
For over 30 years, we've been protecting businesses and their employees. We're Luba Workers' Comp, and we're made for this. Discover the Luba difference at lubawc.com. That's lubawc.com. It's like a match made in heaven. Louisiana rice and Louisiana crawfish. And man, oh man, do they go together. Think crawfish and rice stir-fry. Crawfish and rice casserole are world-famous etouffee. Simple Louisiana ingredients. Rice and crawfish. Cajun, Creole, baked, fried, boiled, however you like it. Just start with rice and give those little mud bugs some spicy Louisiana love. Brought to you by the proud farmers of certified Louisiana rice. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak in easy New Orleans style, you, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary, and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Oh, I do. I absolutely do. I've been singing that little uh, that little line to Tom, um, but uh, and, and a little bit. He sings sometime with sometimes with me. The Edible Dictionary today is brought to you by Dorignax, one of the top twenty regional supermarkets of all time. They're also celebrating seventy five years along with the station. Edible Dictionary word today is frick. Free kendo, free kendo. It's a word. It's an obsolete term in most of the world of cooking. Free kendo still pops up every now and then in Cajun cooking, the last repository of many old French culinary styles. It consists of slices of meat, usually a rather tough meat that needs to be pounded or even larded to make it tender, cooked in a thick sauce made primarily with vegetables. The sauce's contents contain enough solids to lift the meat up off the plate or weigh it down, depending on which side it's on. Some versions of griots and grits are very close to the fricando idea. The name is French and comes from the same root as fricassee, which also is fried or cooked in a skillet. Patty, do you like um, griots and grits? Not really. Uh, and I'm, you don't? No, I really don't. No? I, I don't. No. I'd rather rice than gravy. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if I have a choice for meat and gravy, eat- I'd rather it over rice than grits. Okay, so now do you eat white rice or do you eat brown rice? Now that we know that it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, I eat white rice. You like white rice? Yeah. Uh Um, Have you ever had popcorn rice? I have. It's really good. Uh, I think it's like the best. I could eat eat popcorn rice with just butter on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not butter, with just salt on it. It doesn't even have to have butter. I think that's an incredibly delicious product. It really is. So anyway... um, 
Yeah, and but you see it very sparingly because, first of all, it's not all that easy to find. Is not very much of it, but it is such a superior product. It's it's really great. Um, I do usually eat brown rice just because it seems like it's better for me, and now I know that I don't have to go out of my way to try and do something with it. <laughs> but I, I still do like it. It just seems like a it seems like a chewier, more to it than white rice. But it is hard to beat a brown gravy and rice it, it really, really is. is like a stew <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a stew last night at uh tom tom is not eating that much and so when the food comes i have it, it's i i stack it up so he's got like you know i said gosh we'll be finished eating breakfast when the, when the lunch tray <laughs> comes in <laughs> and that's exactly right that was exactly <laughs> true so uh so last night there was this frightening looking meatloaf thing <laughs> that of course was not even touched it had the most revolting looking gravy on i have to say the food has not been horrible but it's not been great either uh so i brought it home for the dog this morning and he really liked it very well but it, you know a great meatloaf with rice and brown gravy would be good with some little carrots on the side that's mm-hmm. it sounds good anyway um i do like grads and grits though and I find that some of the best griots and grits are at the most unlikely place. Chimes really has a brunch, which is hysterically funny to me that Chimes has a brunch, but they do have a Sunday brunch. And um, their griots and grits are actually really, really good. They're not, griots and grits are usually veal, right? Yeah. It's, it's not veal. It's like beef. But it's really good, and um, and it's shocking that it would be that good, especially at a place like that, or that they would even have something like griots and grits. But I'm trying to think of any place else I've had griots and grits that I really liked it, and I do get it when I see it. It's not like oh, if they've got griots and grits, I got to get it. But I do get griots and grits. I don't really, generally speaking, eat veal. But um, I'm trying to think of any other place where I've seen it. It's not that easy to find on a menu, I don't think. It's something that you would see at brunch, but I don't even see it that often at brunch. If you know of a good place to get griots and grits, I would like to hear about it because it's a good homey kind of thing to have for sure. Yesterday we went to Pyre Provisions, I mentioned that, and the grits were were like very unpleasant consistency. They were creamy, but kind of watery creamy. To me, grits have to be thick. They have to be fluid. They have to be coarse ground and uh, preferably have cheese in them. Do you like the cheese grits at Zia? Did you tell me that, Patty, that you really like the cheese grits? No, I didn't tell you that, but I do like it. I, grits is something, yeah. you know, everybody thinks grits are simple, and, and I guess they are, but I think you really have to know how to cook them for them to come out right. You do. You do. And I think it, I think it's important to start with a good quality grit. I mean, you, you really need kind of thick stone ground grits mm-hmm. in order to make good grits. And I think what made the Zia grits so outstanding was that they, first of all, cook them in cream, which, you know, everything is better with cream. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, there's a lot of cheese in them. I mean, how far wrong can you go with cheesy grits? Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of 
uh, grits out there and a lot of stone ground um, cheesy grits, but there aren't really a lot of great versions of it. And if you run into a great version of grits, it can be really, really good. Speaking of my obsessive <laughs> interest in the Bobby and Giada show, <laughs> Jada, I should say, <laughs> my unusual attraction to that show, I admit it's a little creepy, but um, <laughs> that's the world of polenta, which of course is the same thing as grits, only it's the more... Uh, expensive Italian version. But you know, my mom, and I've made fun of her a lot in her food choices, but we lived in a house with nine people and nothing went to waste. So if we had grits for some reason and there were left over, then they became what is now very popular in gourmet restaurants, grit fries. I mean, grits or polenta, I think that polenta, grits, when they harden, become a solid, creamy, soft inside and, you know, usually pan seared on the outside. It's really good. And a polenta dish, when you pour the grits into the pan and they harden and become a solid mass and then you cut them into either like French fries or slices and put them in a pan and sear them. My mother was doing that back in the 60s. So, and we and we did it just because we didn't let anything go to waste. Did you ever, did your mom ever do that, Patty? No, she didn't, but I've had them at other people's houses and they're really good. They are good. I mean, she used to do it with probably margarine in a pan, but they had a really crispy outside and then they were almost like chips. Mm -hmm. But I have seen in gourmet restaurants, uh, fries that are made from grits and they have that same crispy exterior and then a sauce is poured over them which is similar to a creamy polenta that then hardens and is like stacked in a stack with mushroom sauce and stuff like that. I mean that's really good but um, the original grits from Griots and Grits with a lot of sauce and debris meat. That's what it is. It's like debris and grits at Chimes. It's like roast beef debris over grits. And it's really, really good. Anyway, I do like, I do like grits with gravy, but um, I mean, really, is there anything that you wouldn't like with a gravy on it? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. Uh, grits, rice, any kind of starch with a gravy on it is great. I mean, there was a, there was a, uh, well, it's still there. It's Forks and Corks over on the North Shore. Pardo's has a couple of side restaurants and Forks and Corks is one of them. And they had this really distinctive, great chicken andouille gumbo. And they also had a mac and cheese on the menu and there are Gumbo was served with potato salad in the Cajun way. And I asked one time if I could get the mac and cheese and the gumbo and if they could put the gumbo over the mac and cheese. And everybody thought that was an interesting idea. And then I found out the next time I came that the whole staff eats that for dinner because <laughs> they tried it and they thought it was great. And that's how I like to eat a gravy over mac and cheese. I think a, a brown gravy or a chicken gravy over mac and cheese is just about some of the best stuff out there to me anyway. 
556-9696 is the number. At 3 o'clock, we have Nicole Dorignac coming up to tell us some stories of the last, gosh, it seems like 10 years. Is it 10 days, 11 days yeah, since 11 the storm? Days. It does seem yeah, like 10 well, years. It does seem like 10 years. It really, really does. I've lost 10 pounds, by the way. Oh, congratulations. I don't recommend that diet. I don't recommend this diet, though. I think I've lost 10 pounds in 10 days. I'm not kidding. Wow. All right. Craig Claiborne has the words to eat by today. Nothing rekindles my spirits, gives comfort to my heart and mind more than a visit to Mississippi and to be regaled as I often have been with a platter of fried chicken, field peas, collard greens, fresh corn on the cob, sliced tomatoes with French dressing and to top it all off with a wedge of freshly baked pecan pie. I don't like it when people pr pronounce pecan the wrong way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I find it extremely annoying. I do too. I was watching... I was watching this this Hallmark movie before before Ida versus after Ida, um, and it uh, it was about this pecan farm, and none of the people who owned the blasted farm could could pronounce pecan <laughs> the right way. <laughs> Did they say pecan? Yes, pecan, pecan, oh. and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, please, could you at least tell these people how to say it? Oh boy. Anyway, um, getting back to my diet, the, the best way to lose weight quickly is to just be sick to your stomach all the time. <laughs> I've learned that. So, you know, that's, that's a winner, although it's not a recommended uh, way for a long-term weight no. loss. Words to drink by from Omar Khayyam. Drunkards are doomed to hell, so men declare. Believe it not, tis but a foolish scare. Heaven will be empty as this hand of mine if none who love good drink find entrance there. Well, I, I, I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> at least, at least it, it isn't one of those where I go, oh man, I shouldn't have gotten into yeah. that. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back after these messages. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes, indeed. 556-9696. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. Music to eat roast beef by Dee Dee Sharp was born today in 1945. She had two 1960s hits with food names. One was Mashed Potato Time and Gravy for My Mashed Potatoes. <laughs> I'll have to look up a picture of her and see what she looked like. <laughs> Today is also the day that Hurricane Betsy leveled the city as um, probably 
in our lifetime, Hurricane Betsy, and I could be wrong about this, but Hurricane Betsy was the big one that started the ball rolling. There was Betsy, then Katrina, I mean, not Betsy, Betsy, then Camille, then Katrina, then Ida. And I think before that, before Betsy, you had to go all the way back to the 1947 hurricane before they started naming them. Is that right, Patty? Do you remember one before 65? No, I don't. But Betsy's the first one I really remember. Yeah, right. So so Betsy was today uh, in 1965. Category 4 traveled across the southwestern side of the city. It flooded many of the same parts of the city that would later be inundated by Hurricane Katrina. Katrina, many restaurants closed permanently after Betsy, but many more new ones opened to take their places. Five five six nine six nine six. I don't want to think about hurricanes anymore. I don't want to think about hurricanes. What I do want to think about is what Craig Claiborne said. A plate of fried chicken, field peas, collard greens. Do you like collard greens, Patty? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Are you a vegetable eater no, at all? No, not really. I, no? I don't eat too much that's green. Yeah, you know what's funny? <laughs> There is a person in town who is with a really gourmet group in a very high position who has that same approach to food, <laughs> which I find hysterically funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like everybody in, in the group knows it, and it's kind of like a, a funny little thing. And the person is so good at what they do that nobody cares, but it is fascinating <laughs> that you're in that, you know, situation, but don't have food touching other things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's pretty funny. But I do love collard greens, and I eat a lot of collard greens, especially whenever I see them because, uh, first of all, they're good for you. And second, they usually are made with a lot of different meats that are kind of thrown into the pot. And, uh, and that makes it better. But so, Patty, this does not sound all that great to you except the fried chicken and the pecan pie. Correct. Correct. <laughs> well, the corn on the cob probably. Probably oh, yeah, the corn on the yeah. cob, too. Yeah. Who doesn't love corn on the cob? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's delicious. But the fried chicken, field peas. I'm not a big fan of field peas. Tom likes those a lot. Uh, collard greens I do like. The fresh corn on the cob. Have you ever had, I know we talked about this. Have you ever had? Fresh corn on the cob, as in right off the no, off the I haven't. Plant. But ever since we I talked know. about it with your sister, I'd like I would I love to have some. I know it's one. It's on my bucket list of mm-hmm. fresh corn on the cob. Maybe we'll have to grow it and do it ourselves. But um, I know that I think we did in my family for a lark once grow some corn on the cob. So I probably had it and don't remember it. But uh, but it was I'm sure it would be really really good. But Stan got me turned on to fresh corn on the cob because in his earlier travels last year, he was at some place where they were harvesting a lot of corn and he did a lot of that. But my friend who was in California and lived in Fresno for most of her adult life was talking to me about the co-op. That the because Fresno is like the breadbasket of America. Okay, you know what, Patty? Hmm. Why don't you talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken for a minute? So I- well, I will talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken for a minute because I think we've lost Marianne. 
we're going to have to get her to uh, redial in and reconnect. You know, the internet is only one of the casualties of Ida. It comes and goes. So we're going to play a commercial right now and see if we can get her back. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Louisiana's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Louisiana High School Athletic Association and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. If you're worried your friend may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You could say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You could ask with an app if it works for you. Are you back? You could write him a text or knit him a sweater. If you can't be together, you could write him a letter. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. You could chat on a game, kick off your flip flops. You could ask on your couch while you binge watch. However you do it, you gotta ask a friend. And if they don't share, you can ask again. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking. Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. We're back. All right. It's never a dull moment here on the food show, huh? Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. Marianne Fitzmore is looking to talk to you if you would like to talk to me about food. Is anyone out there? Has everyone scattered? Well, Michael 75 was out there. So I know. Michael 75 checked in. So from I'm the glad Smoky to Mountains hear yet. I know. I know. But I would have thought for sure... That if Steve was listening, one of our longtime stalwarts, he would have called in about his beloved Instapot. Yes. Or maybe he's tired <laughs> of me teasing him about his Instapot. But um, I, I really am kind of curious about the Instapot. And um, we've talked about it so many times on the show that um, – it's it's kind of curious that he didn't call in because he is he's extremely passionate about that that in his Breville oven. I bought a Breville oven with um, air fryer capabilities for my niece for her wedding, and it took six weeks to get it delivered. It was back ordered. Wow! So I'm curious to hear how she likes it. A a a um air fryer is the one gadget if i wanted to get something else in the kitchen that would be it do you have one patty no i don't and i but i want one and and i've been yeah. kind of looking at those 
bevel ovens that you bre- what is breville uh uh-huh, breville yeah i've been i've been looking breville, at those yeah. um uh-huh. I, re- I really do think i want one so i'll probably wind up buying one well thing. ask steve about that the next time he calls in because he's very very excited about his too mm-hmm. he's got that and the instapot and it's probably the only thing that he cooks with because he really really digs it but anyway i um i love fried foods as i think most people do <laughs> and i feel guilty every time i i eat it but i still go back and eat it right after the hurricane it was really hard to find places that were open and i wasn't here for katrina thank god cuz now that i've done one i would never do it again but um had i done katrina i probably would have figured out a way to get tom out of here but um but I remember Tom talking about <clears throat> the restaurants that reopened. Now, he was gone for six weeks up in D.C. for Katrina and didn't return here until the power had returned. And we had our neighbors looking after our dogs. But, um, you know, so it didn't matter when the power came back on. It was it was critical this time, but, you know, um, but then it didn't matter. So um, he... He was really intrigued by watching for when the restaurants came back online and had sort of a story about each one of them. And we were always amazed at the ones who had just like, I think Johnny White stayed on, the the now sadly defunct Johnny White stayed on through the storm and was feeding people. And this time I said to Mary Lee, well, let's go such and such a place. And she goes, Mom, no one's open. And I said, well, you know, in the Hurricane Katrina, People were open right after the storm. And so um, it's funny because people were open on the North Shore right after Ida. Ida struck on Sunday. On Monday, everyone was closed. But on Tuesday, um, Hambone over here on the North Shore was doing their fried chicken bucket. They had a fried chicken bucket. And you know, this is what this is what social media is good for. She cruises social media for us and she would find places that were open. But really, that was the only one that was open and the fried chicken bucket was gone by 10 o'clock. So if you saw it on social media, you called up, you ordered one, you went to pick it up, half an hour later they were all gone. Nobody was open for service. And then there were other people that were just serving people free, just like come on in and eat. And those places had really, really big lines. If I would see a restaurant with a long, long line, I knew that they were on social media saying they had free food. And one of the places up here, Maribo, was just serving food like that. And I didn't know that it was free food. It was just... They were serving people spaghetti and and some garlic bread. And I thought, well, that's nice. That's really nice. And I got there and I was ready to pay them. And I said, no, it's just free. Take it. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's really, really nice. But then the next day they had prices up. So, and then they quit doing it after that. So I guess, I guess it's not as easy as they made it look. But then people started opening anyway. But um, definitely different uh, post-hurricane. And I guess it was who was able to get back up. And I remember during Katrina, they were talking about opening up with plastic utensils. There was still a boil water and everything. So people, people I think are really resilient and they just keep going. I mean, they just keep going. Cause I guess what else are you gonna do? You know, what else are you gonna do? 
I was talking to somebody at our Mexican place today. They still don't have chorizo. And it's like you can't, the supply chain was already really, really aberrant because of COVID. And then you throw this one on top of that, and it's just become kind of nightmarish, I think, to have a restaurant. It's almost 3 o'clock. You're listening to WGSO New Orleans. It's time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back with Nicole Dorignac after that. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The Biden administration is taking the state of Texas to court over its new abortion law. Attorney General Merrick Garland announcing the lawsuit that's being brought against the state as abortion is once again the center of a fierce political debate. This kind of scheme to nullify the Constitution of the United States is one that all Americans, whatever their politics or party, should fear. If it prevails, it may become a model for action in other areas, by other states, and with respect to other constitutional rights and judicial precedents. President Biden set to sign an executive order requiring all federal workers to be vaccinated. The requirement will include millions of federal contractors as well. This is USA Radio News. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. President Biden is withdrawing his nomination of David Chipman to lead the ATF. Chipman, a former veteran ATF agent who ran into trouble with Republicans and some Democrats over his alliance with gun control advocacy groups. Chipman's support for banning AR-15-style semi-automatic rifles earned him particular opposition among Republicans who feared he'd use his regulatory powers to restrict gun rights. Jobless claims fell to a new pandemic low of 310,000 last week. Mark Hamrick, senior analyst with Bankrate.com, tells USA Radio News there are more job openings than willing workers. And employers are, in many cases, either struggling to find workers to fill those open positions or where they are finding them, they're paying up. In fact, in some cases, employers are even providing mid-year pay increases just to retain their current workers. You're listening to USA Radio News. If you think the COVID vaccine alone will protect you from the coronavirus, think again. As the deadly disease breaks through to people who are vaccinated, it's critical to take a reliable temperature reading with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's the only thermometer whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies versus the non-contact devices that have no supporting studies and produce a false sense of security. Vaccines are not enough, and thermometer accuracy matters. Learn more at exergen.com. 
People born at least a quarter century ago probably remember the exact details of what they were doing on that beautiful blue September day in 2001 when terror was unleashed across the country. Well, I had a chance to catch up with Garrett Graff. He's author of a new book titled The Only Plane in the Sky, an oral history of 9-11, and one of the things we discussed was keeping the memory alive of what happened on that day and how his book tries to do that. I had written an article in 2016 for... We've got some nice weather trending across the vicinity tomorrow on into the first part of the weekend. By Sunday, rain returns, along with deeper layered tropical moisture. But for the time being, the humidity is going to be falling off. But that's going to allow for some comfortable mornings and not too bad or not too hot for the afternoons. 80s to 90 today, lowers to low 70s. Sunday tomorrow, it won't feel as humid. The highs, too, won't be as warm into the mid-80s. Slight chance Saturday, scattered to likely Sunday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. Are you in need of roof repair, roof replacement, or roof installation services? We're here to help. With a highly trained, licensed, insured, and experienced team of roofing contractors for all types of roof, we use top quality materials and work tirelessly to craft the perfect roof, but our pricing is so affordable. Contact us today for a no-obligation estimate. Call 205-222-3500. That's 205-222-3500. It is course number two of the food show, the second course. Marianne Fitzmaurice, the second hour of the food show. Want to talk food with you? We have Nicole Dorignac usually on Thursday. She is. Are we on, Patty? Patty? I don't know if Patty is. Hopefully, answering Nicole's call. But Nicole is usually with us on Thursday at 3 o'clock. And Nicole is, I hope, on. Is she on? Is she holding on? Yes, she is. I am so anxious to talk to her because I'll bet you the last 11 days or probably two weeks have been most interesting at Dorignac's, huh? Yeah, they Nicole? have been. How y'all doing? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> I can now, yes. Go ahead. Okay. Um, most interesting. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. <laughs> I did, we, uh, Just, let's see, we closed on the 29th. Obviously, well, early on the 28th, so everybody could get out of town or evacuate or do whatever they needed to do. And then, um, so we closed the 29th, 30th, and 31st. We reopened on the 1st with like 35 people that were able to make it in out of the normal 100 plus that we have working, you know, in the store when it's that busy for two shifts. Mm-hmm. So we've been running on one shift, um, but as far as customers and just it's it's been crazy but we have stuff so that because i hear a lot of the other stores are um kind of bare so yeah when did the when did the madness start you know i have never been a um a hurricane scurrier i call it a scurrier and uh, and so I starts when 
like the week, like as soon as they start talking about something in the Gulf, you start mm-hmm. water and batteries mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And then as it approaches, mm-hmm. like that day and a half, two days before, then you can tell who's evacuating and who's not of the regulars. Um, <laughs> and then who's shopping in other places and can't find what they need, which that's that's been, you know, kind of like neat, you know, just seeing all like new faces and people who've never been there before. And, you know, like that's always a good thing, just, you know, have new faces coming in. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. along with all the old, you know, regular faces. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, everybody's just working so hard. I mean, the cashiers, I, I still got people with no power, holes in their roofs. Oh, do you really? Stuff. You have still people oh, with no yeah. power? I thought, I oh, thought the power that. was supposed to be back by the 8th well, in yeah, Metairie for sure. No. Wait, what? That's out. Still out. And a lot of our employees have Okay, hold on, hold on, Nicole. Patty, is this our phones? Is this general service in the area? What do you think is, is it me or can you hear Nicole well? No, I can't hear her that. She's going in and out. I think it's cell phone service is still spotty in yeah. a lot of places. Yeah. All right, what I, about? I guess that's what it is. Now? Oh, that's better. That's, that's better. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, All right, better. I took, oh, I took it off the speaker because I'm in the car. So maybe, mm-hmm. and I'm on the bridge, so maybe uh, I'm getting a little okay. bridge interference and then speakerphone yeah. interference. But I put my visor. Well, the cell phone situation <laughs> has not been good. And we had Stan on yesterday, and we couldn't get him at all. So I was thinking, oh, I don't know if this is what it sounds like on the air because it, I, I'm not able to hear you all that well. So, okay, let's try again. All right. So all start right. from where you were. So, what, like the employees and the power and the holes in their roofs and everything. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's yeah, just you said that you that. said the employees don't have power, and I was surprised at that. I yeah, thought better had totally come back. Yeah, no, it's not. There's there, it's like okay. 90 something percent back, but not uh-huh. 100. Okay, so in uh-huh. that little pocket of gleams, there's still a small little pocket that I don't know what area it is because I don't know exactly where everybody lives, but I know River Ridge and out towards Kenner. There's still some places uh-huh. that don't have it, and then certain places mm-hmm. in Orleans, and then like Laplace, we still have, um, you know, we have a lot of people that travel in from there, and I think they still have some pockets that are out because those people haven't come back yet. A lot of people aren't coming back until they have power, so that yeah. is, you know, but we have a bunch that, like I said, they're running on general. I mean, I could probably name 10 people right now off the top of my head in different departments that are still on generators. But they're hmm. coming in wow. and <clears throat> and working hard. But that's you know mm-hmm. that's the Dornax employee. That's that's how they roll. That's all. That's all they can do. You know. That's all they yep. can do. So, do you find that the supply chain that was already spotty and interrupted so much over the last year and a half with COVID, do you feel that the supply chain? Um, has then been further uh, decimated by Ida? Well, I don't know if it's the supply chain so much right now. Like I had a situation, I have a, a truck coming Monday from one of the companies 
but all we have is the salesman, you know, so I had to call, so they got to get help getting people, you know, help because now they got, you know, like this one particular company has a bigger order and usually the one guy is able to kind of like check it in and work it to the shelves himself, but it's like a bunch of stuff. So like he can't do it all himself. So we had to call and try to get them to get somebody to come help him because, you know, it doesn't do him any good to be, you know, so it's kind of more people hindered right now. Now I will say chicken, boneless, skinless chicken breast, skinless thighs, like a lot of this, <coughs> excuse me, water went down the wrong way. Um, those specialty kind of chicken cuts that we have, not just your basic like wing drumsticks, whatever. Yeah, We did mm-hmm. get caught on a lot of that. And then roast mm-hmm. beef's been hard to um, come by. So like we don't have all of our regular roast beef, but we have half. And then Chasacy had got hit real hard. So like all the Chasacy we had in the building is pretty much all oh, we they have did? right now. Yeah, just is that right? Got hit got real hit hard. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Performance, which is one of the places we get a lot of our stuff from, they got hit hard. Um, uh-huh. We just started getting stuff from our supplier in Texas. They were just finally able. And then, like, AG, like, they couldn't even bring us a truck on the first couple days because I think uh-huh. with the area so, you know, sketchy, not sketchy, but a mess, like, they didn't know if they could get through. And so it, right. it was a challenge the first few days, but now. We're kind of leveling off, um, but like the dairy case today, I mean, I just walked back there to grab some sour cream, and I mean, there is like, you know, milk, yogurt, almond milk, soy milk. I mean, people are stocking their fridges again, and, you know. I wish we could get out of crisis mode. It's like we've been in crisis mode for almost two years now. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I go to a restaurant, you know, we go to La Coretta a lot, so they don't have chorizo. And then I went to order uh, some breakfast for Tom at Matina Bella to bring it to the hospital. And I said, well, let me throw a, an Italian sausage link in. And they said, we don't have Italian sausage. So there's something about the processed meats that seem mm-hmm. to be a little bit uh, of well, a problem, I would they, say. They might be having problems. All right, so one of our suppliers, it was like 100 pounds of something we needed, one of our meat suppliers, and mm-hmm. they couldn't justify sending the truck just for that. So it might be if some of these places have smaller orders, they're waiting until they have more orders in the area to send trucks out. They may not be sending trucks to restaurants that you know, usually have so, just a few cases or something because if you got about 10 stops yeah. in one area... That's one one yeah. thing, but when you got like one or two, they spend more in gas to get it, you know, two places. So because we have, well, you know, it's interesting. You know, a lot of those it's, items. It's, it, they they talk about the the trucks just coming in, and um, and they or they had trouble getting this, they had trouble getting that, and then they had something that happened on top of the trucks coming in, in addition to the the supply chain it was like the actual logistics of getting the truck i don't know if you've i don't know if it's like this on the south shore patty but on the north shore getting anywhere is really a choy chore i mean because the roads are blocked off for the tree cutting and it's like it's like the old pac-man you just have to keep detouring is that going on on the south shore too it is in some areas is, is it, it in Metairie, Nicole? I don't know. I get off the bridge and I go right to Dornax. I don't go anywhere <laughs> else. So, uh-huh. so, 
But yeah. I will say up until today, you know, when you get off the bridge and that little turn where you can get on West Esplanade, it's like two lanes that go over and then you shoot down to Bonneville. That was right. closed yes. off because of the street light situation. So now they finally have street lights and all. But yeah. I haven't noticed, um, but I, like I said, I haven't been past, you know, my little run. But right. uh, you can see all the trees and stuff that had to be uh, cut down in just cut. that little sure. back area. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the sidewalks are lined with trees that I hope FEMA's going to pick up and bring down right. to Grand Isle and stuff and throw them in the water like they did after Katrina and like they do with the Christmas trees uh-huh. to help build up the uh, marsh. So uh-huh. I hope they do that again. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, there's a lot of trees uh, yeah. on 36 over here. I look at all the power lines and I'm thinking there are people who are going to be out for a long time. I mean, we were we were out for a long time, but there are people who are going to be out for even longer. Yeah, I have a friend that lives up Military Road up that way. And I think they're telling them like September 20th or something. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo. So, all right. Let's, let, on that note, we'll take a break. We'll be back with Nicole Dorignac. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls. And the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville. 985-845-2348. Night and day, you are the one. Yes, indeed. 556-9696 is the number. We're talking about food, and that's what we do here. That's what Tom's been doing for 33 years here on The Food Show. Uh, We're talking to Nicole Dorignac. We're talking about the pre- and post-Ida situation at a food store. This one being Dorignac's, which is kind of the food store in New Orleans. So uh, people, when you say you could tell who was evacuating and who was not, what were the differences when people were checking out? Well, because you'd have some people with just kind of like their little necessities that, you know, they were getting to bring with them. And then you could see the people who had like, the, you know, the water and, you know. Mm-hmm. Lots of canned food. And the flashlights and, and the flashlights and batteries. batteries and yes. The frantic yes. look on their face that, <laughs> yes, I'm going to stay for this, but why am I? You know, it was uh-huh. funny. I had this really nice couple. They came from uptown. Um, they had never mm-hmm. been to Dornax before. Um, and they listened to us. His, uh, Alan and his wife's name was either Mildred or Miriam. I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one. But they were the sweetest little couple. But they had never been to the store before, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, they was not they came from magazine and Napoleon. I mean, like deep in uptown, but mm-hmm. nobody had anything, so they came and they had some of our great fried chicken. That's the best in the world, mm-hmm. and um, really just mm-hmm. enjoyed the first couple of days. We had a lot of people that would come sit in the cafeteria, 
we were letting them charge their phones and, you know, to make some connections that they need to, needed to make. Um, you know, so we did, you know, for the first couple of first you know, three or four days, we did that. But then it got to be, you know, you kind of can't let one sit without the other, you know, so then we had to kind of right. close it off. But, um, but it was really nice just to, you know, see, like I said, new faces and people who had never to been be there. So they've been in a couple. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm so, glad uh, to, I'm glad to hear that they felt that they knew the, uh, the store from the show and it was like a friend or a friendly place. That's nice. I'm glad to yeah. hear that. Yeah. So all he right. said he, uh, loves the show and all of that good stuff. Oh, good. Yeah. So you've also been feeding the crews, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've done some things. So what have you been doing people. with that? Well, we have, mm -hmm. um, one of the districts of the police station, we've been helping them out and their national guard people that are over there. And then the guys across the street, like in the morning, we went, brought them some donuts, um, one morning to give them a little sugar rush to get their day started. And then the employees, you know, we always feed the employees. So we're still doing that and trying to keep them. Some of them are going okay. home and they've got no power. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard to live out of an ice. Mm -hmm. Five days. And, uh, have people been yeah. coming into the store and maybe they wouldn't tell you this, but have people been coming into the store to buy things to give to work crews? Oh, yeah. Actually, we helped a guy out the other day with some French bread. He needed, like, 30 loaves of French bread. And um, someone, some place where he normally goes couldn't help him out. So he came to us and we, you know, helped him out. So, because uh, he was making, like, little sandwiches well, he was cooking? for Uh-huh. I think uh -huh. he was doing, like, po'boys or something for him. Because sometimes, like, the that's hot nice. is kind of, you know, that's, uh -huh. like, kind of heavy for, like, in the middle of the day. So, yeah, so in that little yeah. area, there's been a lot of people doing uh, stuff. We, you know, we want Acts of kindness uh, like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and I uh -huh. think a lot of neighbors are getting together, and, you know, I think one will do one part, and then the other will do, you know. So, and then That's I think nice. they just go up Good. and down the street and hand it out. Yep. Good. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it's really, this really brings, you know, all, there's always right. a silver lining to a black cloud, and. Yeah. Even like at my house, my neighbors, I mean, my neighbor that lives across the street, him and I, we moved in on the same weekend, however many years ago, and mm -hmm. his wife just passed away. He's like in his in early 80s. So like I never get to see mm -hmm. him, you know, I always just kind of wave. But uh, I went and sat that morning. I waited across the eight inches of water in our front yard and I went and sat and talked to him and brought him some food that we had and. You know, and then I talked to my other neighbors, you know, like all our neighbors, we kind of all, you know, it kind of brings you back to community and, you know, basics. life and slowing yes. down, looking out for each brings other. You like back uh, to basics. Yep. So yeah. and my neighbor so, uh, hooked us up with ice and all, you know, his workplace had a big old ice machine. And um, mm -hmm. so he brought his wife's chest to ice because he knew um, we didn't have a generator yet. And then a good friend of mine brought me their generator and some guy, you know, so it's just like everybody just takes care of people. So then we send that generator to somebody else's house so they could use it. You know, it's just it's the way it's supposed you know, it to be. It makes you feel good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it does. It makes you feel good. Yeah. Uh, so I, speaking of ice, how was it to try and get ice and how fast did ice last when you had it? All right. So the first 
couple days, I guess, it, let's say the first, the second, and the third, we sold about nine pallets of ice a day. That's a lot of ice. Now we're down. Now it seems like everybody's kind of like, so we went from nine pallets, then we brought it down to seven, then six. Now, today we skipped an ice delivery because we still have ice because so many people are getting power back. Um, mm-hmm. But we won't run out. We'll make sure we have any. So if anybody needs it, we will have it. But that mm-hmm. was a fun, uh, fun, fun, fun experience because, you know, you got to worry about people falling. And everybody was going with the ice bags through the store, and everybody's running around with mops and plastic bags, <laughs> putting the ice in it. And it's like, one point I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Yes. The person's looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, can I please just put your bag, your ice in this bag, please? I don't want you to fall. And they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, you know. Ah, oh, so that, you know. It's and madness. Like, I mean, it's absolute it, it, madness. It, it is. It, it, it so have, is. has it, it died down at all, or is it entering just another phase now? No, it's another phase, because now it's refrigerator restocking phase, and I didn't have this mm. for all these days, so I want this. I mean, people want ice cream. They want, um, we had mm. one guy, you know, a customer, which is, y'all don't have any fresh shrimp, and it's like, our seafood guy hasn't come yet. So now we got a shrimp back, we got the boiled, you know, the little boiled shrimp that we do back, so... Donuts, I tell you what, on the third day we were open, you know, people are crazy about the St. Joseph bread and the French bread and our donuts. And um, so the first day, Joe, the donut guy, got there. Well, Calvin got there to start doing bread as soon as he got back in town. So he did all the bread. He did like five racks of bread. And, I mean, it went. That's a lot of bread in five hours. Remember, we usually do that for the whole day. And then um, mm-hmm. Joe, the donut guy, just did, you know, uh, glaze and chocolate glaze the first day. And, you know, you kind of think, all right, well, I mean, that's good. Well, no, the next day he had buttermilk drops. He had cake donuts, crullers. I mean, they're just amazing. Our employees are mm-hmm. amazing. It's like they know what the customers want, and they just do it. And they're all, like, mm-hmm. happy. It's like they're, a lot of them are happy to be there working in the air condition. You know, I mean, because they oh, yeah. you know, sit at home with no power, Absolutely. but they come with such great attitude. Like mm-hmm. they're not bringing their, you know, putting your faces yeah. to work. Right. They bring in their mm-hmm. smiles. They're laughing with the customers, getting to know the new people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, uh, it's been a great, you know, through great. all negative comes some positive. I'm a firm yes. believer in and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, you know, it's just amazing just to see. You know, we've had some people. It is have what it is. It's uh, it's it's our new crisis. You know, it's our new crisis. So exactly. all right. So the phases are the scurrying phase, and it starts as soon as it's official that the cone is heading our way. Right. And whatever day that is before the actual hit, it yeah. starts then. And I would imagine that the cash registers are ringing, the lines are long, and everyone yeah. is, as you said, you can tell who's evacuating and who's not. The bags of chips and to-go foods are the evacuees, and the mm-hmm. ones with the ice and the batteries and the yeah. deer-in-the-headlights looks are the ones that are staying. And then yeah. how long were you actually closed after the storm? We were closed on the day of the 29th, the 30th, and the 31st. And we couldn't get open on the 31st because we were just trying to coordinate who was where still, you know? 
Uh-huh. And then they and, had all the boiled and water any... and the water pressure issues and all right. that, you know, in Jefferson Parish, but we weren't uh-huh. sure. And then we were just like, we got to get open. And then we just, we figured okay, it out. Okay, so when you opened again, mm-hmm. were people storming the doors? Oh, yeah. I did a video of people walking in one morning. <laughs> it was a six-minute video of just people walking in like a stream. <laughs> the line was across the street, uh-huh. like Almost to the Burger King on Oak Lawn, people oh were standing goodness. outside to get in. Oh, yep. my goodness. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Well, yep. you know, I made it a was... lot of stupid purchases after the storm, and I think I was just kind of shell-shocked. It's just like I I wasn't here for Katrina. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I will never do it again. And I just had this sort of shell-shock thing going on. And also, I was in denial about how long the power would be off. Mm-hmm. That was something because it's it had never been off for a very long time before this, and naturally, I have a person who is compromised here, so it was one of the last people that were back on. So right. it took me a while to get out of denial, and um, and it was really hairy for a couple of days with Tom until we brought him to the hospital. So um, so that was stupid, and then I would. I would go in and buy like cheese with no power on because I thought I'll get cheese and crackers to eat. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know how many people make stupid buys like that, but I didn't have any ice. And then Mary Lee called me once and said a Quista Pace had ice and I dropped everything and ran over there. And it's just, it's just, it's madness. The whole thing is madness. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's a little bit fun in a way because it's kind of like this big competition, you know, who's going to get to whatever first. But mm-hmm. it's also just, it's, it's maniacal. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. And I would imagine from your perspective, you get to watch humans behave the way humans do. And I'll bet you it's really quite, uh, quite a sight, I would imagine. Well, yeah. And but I will say everybody it's every I think the people in the pandemic were a little more on edge than the hurricane people. Well, they're used to the hurricane. They've never seen a pandemic before. Wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Nicole, Nicole, hold on. Mm -hmm. We have to take a break for the news. We'll be right back after we hear from the Louisiana Radio Network News, talking to Nicole Dorignac. Louisiana Radio Network News. I'm Kevin Gallagher. Southeast Louisiana will get federal help with recovery from Hurricane Ida, but folks in southwest Louisiana are still awaiting help with damage from Hurricanes Laura and Delta last year. Congressman Steve Scalise says the state's delegation is working to get a separate funding package for both. He says it will need to be billions, though. Initially, just from what we know, the devastation is is very severe. And also to make sure parishes can get those uh, community development block grants. He feels such a relief and rebuilding package should not be mixed with a massive national infrastructure bill. The state's Department of Health reports of just over 4,900 new cases of coronavirus and 77 recent deaths. Currently, just over 1,800 people are hospitalized with COVID-19, 364 of them on ventilators. Meanwhile, nearly 2 million Louisianans have gotten full COVID vaccinations. I'm Kevin Gallagher with news on LRN. I wanted my job. If my mother got sick, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I got vaccinated for my daughter. I trust the science. Uh, the reason why I got the COVID vaccine was because of my uh, my newborn child and my at-risk wife. I got vaccinated to keep from, from it happening to me. 
I talked to my doctors about it, did my research, and they've done a lot of research, and I think they know what they're doing. Visit covidvaccine.la.gov or call 1-855-453-0774 to schedule your COVID-19 vaccination today. There are plenty of phrases about roads. The open road, road trip, road rules. The list goes on and the reason is simple. We all have places to go. We're on the road in our cars, on our bikes, and on foot, and we need to respect each other. We all have the right to be on the road. In fact, according to Louisiana state law, pedestrians have the right of way. Follow the rules, pay attention, and obey the laws. We're all on one road. Share it. Respect everyone. Paid for by Louisiana Highway Safety Commission. AOS Interior Environments are the largest design-assist furniture, fixtures, and equipment contractor in Louisiana and Mississippi. AOS Interior Environments believe they can't succeed if those around them falter. That's why they've partnered with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. The best part is you can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.thefunkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on September 29th, the Gary Allman Band, and on October 6th, Luther Dickinson with Kirk Joseph and Alvin Ford Jr. For more info on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to thefunkyuncle.live. AOS Interior Environments, where good design is good business. Find them on the web at thinkaos.com. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. True enough. We're talking to Nicole Dorignac as the owner and, uh, I guess, proprietor of, of the, well, the Dorignac family. I'm, I'm getting myself in deep. I don't really know what where to go with this. But uh, oh. she and her husband own Dorignac's, the store, as you know, the uh, legendary, iconic um, store in New Orleans. And we have been talking to her about something that, anyone who is at the helm of a place like Dorignac's has a lot of experience with human behavior in a crisis. And the reason we had Nicole on the show in the first place was that she started with us when we started this show 18 months ago about COVID. And she was saying before we went off to the news that people seem to be less concerned and less panic stricken about hurricane than about the pandemic. But don't you think that's because they're familiar with hurricanes, but unfamiliar with a pandemic? Well, and I guess the um, invisible virus that they worried about, because there was a lot of all of that, the, you know, the virus scare. So with the hurricane, yeah, I guess you know what's going on. You know you're staying, and the hurricane doesn't have any germs. Right. You know, know. You know your see, enemy, you can see. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. You can and see you, your enemy. Yeah. But I would, yeah. I would imagine this is a great, um, a great, for people who are people watchers and observers of human behavior, I would imagine that every day was an interesting day for you. What kind of days were you putting in over there? Or are you still putting them in? Well, we've been getting there. God, let's see. First few days, we opened just 9 to 2 because we only had 35 to 50 employees to run the shift. 
to do what we would normally do on a full day. So we would get there. The bakers and the meat department would get there at their usual 4.30, 5 o'clock. Then we'd get there by 5.45, 6 o'clock. Then the trucks start coming and getting all that unloaded. So, um, And then we're still in there till about right before 3, you know, because once everybody comes in, you know, we don't shut the doors. Didn't shut the doors till 2. So then, of course, mm-hmm. you know, you still got a buildup of people. So really we're in there, you know, getting customers taken care of until – three o'clock. So um by the time now, we process that. Are the are your employees who have been at this now for almost two years, I mean, all of this started with the pandemic and it's been a very highly stressful situation, I'm sure, for them to respond to the relentless needs of people who are kind of desperate and scared and in unfamiliar territory. Is this kind of chronic stress wearing on your employees? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think so because it's, you know, it's what they do. It's what they're used to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like the cashiers, I mean, I always tell them they're like the rock stars of the store because, they, you know, they're, they're who the people communicate with the most. So if they go through the store mm-hmm. and they have a good experience, they're going to come through the line and, you know, finish off with a good experience usually. Or if they have a bad experience in the store, the cashier can usually turn it around because they're friendly and, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of like little, you know, mini, not therapists, but you know what ambassadors. I mean. I mean it's like they're your ambassadors. Ambassadors, yeah, because like uh-huh. hairdressers and bartenders, mm-hmm. you know. That's oh, the confessors. one point. Well, all the um, departments, though. I mean, produce, I know, like, Farley and all, and Blanca, they all have many, co- you know, it's all over the store. So people come there to converse and share their good and bad experiences. And, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's just what yeah, we Yeah, I would do. imagine a place so, like no, Dorignac's would be like a public square at, at this time, at this moment. Probably kinda, always, but definitely yeah, a public square kinda. now. What? I said, yeah, I guess yeah. kind of, and you see a lot of neighbors seeing each other and people who haven't seen each other in a long time, and you hear, I don't normally come mm-hmm. down this way, but I'll be back, and, you know, so, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, it is, it's, you know, it's, it's been, you know, you got to try to Was find there... the good in the bad, so. Right, in the, in the, in the mess, in the mess everywhere. Yeah. Was there one particular item or a few particular items that have really, really sold in this period that you were a little surprised by? Well, not surprised by, but bread the first couple of days. I mean, it was hard to keep bread on the shelves. Um, soft drinks, chips, you know, I mean, but not really surprised because I guess seeing all the people, buy, you know, buying meat and all, but they're stocking their freezers and all, you know. Nothing really surprises me because you see it over and right. over. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same routine. It's just, you know. I was kind of, when the two I guys came that in nothing. and they got lobsters out of the tank when everybody was still out of, that surprised me that someone was looking for lobsters. <laughs> but we had them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, I don't even want so to think about what when, happened when the lobster, what? No, no, I, this is when everybody was, well, nothing happened to the store because we have a generator the size of a freight train oh, okay. on the side of it. So uh-huh. we didn't lose any power. We didn't lose any product, everything. That's why, you know, we were good to go. But so, yeah, it was funny, though, because they were like, these two guys, these guys want these lobsters back here. And I'm like, lobsters, how are they going to cook the lobsters with no, I'm like, 
They probably have a crawfish pot. So you learn how to cook on a propane, you know. Right. My neighbor was, if we were going to be out of power for much longer, I was going to learn how to, you know, use my black iron skillet on a propane grill. I mean, a propane burner, you know, I mean. So you you learn how to do stuff when, you know, you're yeah. an adverse When push time. comes to shove, you have to adapt. That's part yep. of what and it I means am ice to be a uh, human. And certainly, a, what? I'm the ice Wait, chest queen. I'm the ice chest queen, storing stuff in an ice chest and keeping the melted water from getting into the sandwich meat. A lot of sandwich meat. We have sold uh-huh. the you-know-what out of, like, deli sliced uh-huh. deli meat. I mean, that's, uh-huh. the, that they, them and the cashiers, I mean, they had lines. The deli, like, every oh, wow. day. Even today, like, we stayed out. Like, well, usually the deli closes a half hour before the store so they can clean up. But today, you know, in these few days, we won't because people are still in the store checking out. We'll close at 2 mm-hmm. o'clock or whatever the time is that we close for right now. And, um, I mean, the line. And as soon as people heard it was still open, I mean, it, like the whole little area by the hot line filled up again. Uh-huh. So, I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know how they, you know, they, they just swipe all day long. Well, that's, again, what, that's, that's what I was saying. All the meats were sliced already. It's like that's what they did, slice it. People just yeah, grab know, it and I go, mean, you know? Yeah, no, we, we don't do that. That's, I mean, we have a little bit of that pre-slice, but part of Dornax is uh-huh. the customer service and the way the customer wants it, not just take what we mm-hmm. have for you. So, uh-huh. Okay. That's, that's, well, know. interesting wow. times for sure. You know what? I would that's just kind of like to have – have some period of time that isn't a crisis mode, wouldn't you? Yes, that would be nice. I mean, I kind that of forget nice. what that's like. What is that like to not be in I, a I chronic know. state of crisis? Because that seems I, like where we've been for a long time. Pandericane. I like it. Pandericane. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Or holodemic. Sad but true. Yeah, sad but yep. true. Anyway, all right, my dear. I'm Hi. I'm glad you weren't too busy for us this week. I was thinking you might be, but I'm glad you weren't. So no, nope, I'm glad, glad you could to be call back. In. So, yep, all in. Yes. All right. Well, I will talk to y'all. Kind of, sort of back. Yeah. Right. Yes. 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 All right. All right. Hopefully, we have better news. Take care. To talk See about you next, next week. week. All righty. All right. Back, I guess back to the, well, I would say back to the other one, but we'll probably still be doing Hurricane for a while, too, I would imagine. Anyway. All right. There she goes. Nicole Dorignac, who has been with us since the first crisis that just seems to drag on and on and on, the pandemic. And uh, we have enjoyed talking to her. She's been a regular part of the show for almost two years now and uh it started with the pandemic and we like her so we, we're keeping her if she wants to keep up because we seem to continually be in a crisis mode and i am intrigued by how stalwart and hard-working grocery store employees are to keep groceries coming to you and i never thought about that until the pandemic and I've not stopped thinking about it when I go into a store because it really is true. They work very hard to keep the food coming to you. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to talk to you. I'm Marianne Fitzmaurice. Morris uh, doing the same thing that Tom, my husband, 
has been doing for a very long time. Those people who did not hear the show yesterday, Tom is in the hospital and has been uh, for almost a week now um, having to do with um, uh, Hurricane Ida and a various a, a series of events. And um, I would love to ask you to pray for him, please, because uh, we could all certainly use that. So I thank you ahead of time for that. Another Edible Dictionary word today, also brought to you by Dorignac's, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. We just spoke to Nicole Dorignac. The Edible Dictionary word is crumpet. Crumpet. It's a British kind of word. It's a round breakfast cake, similar to both a pancake and an English muffin, but much thicker. It starts with a thick but flowing batter made with both yeast and baking powder. The batter goes into a hot pan or griddle, spreading out and flattening a bit before it sets. Air bubbles from the baking powder come up through the top, leaving small holes that will remain in the finished crumpet. The dough is a little sweet. Sometimes it contains fruit. Crumpets are a familiar breakfast and tea time snack in Great Britain and some British colonies. They date back to Anglo-Saxon times, at least, and perhaps to Celtic tom times. It's crumpet. That is, uh, it's a very British word, and I like the idea of a crumpet. And uh, I'm sure I've probably eaten one at some point, but I wouldn't know it. But uh, I do like the idea of it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites, and we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. You make me feel so young. Ah, uh, yes, I want to feel that way again. The words to drink by today are from Jim Morrison, no longer with us. He was the lead singer for The Doors. He was talking about drinking. It's like gambling somehow. You go out for a night of drinking and you don't know where you're going to end up the next day. It could work out good or it could be disastrous. It's like the throw of the dice. You know, I've led such a sheltered life. I wonder what it's like to live like that. I think probably not very good. What do you think, Patty? Yeah, I don't think that sounds like a fun, a fun evening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I, I don't know. I don't understand that. But, you know, there are certain people who do that. I, th I like this one much better. It's a words to eat by and one that I can really identify with, uh, mainly because I can really identify with the speaker. It's Kathy Geiswhite, the creator of the just ended comic strip, Kathy, born. Yeah, well, she, it hasn't just ended. It's ended a while ago. In 1950, it, she says, food, love, career and mothers, the four major guilt groups. <laughs> Isn't that true? That is so true. <laughs> you got to love it. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. I have decided, Patty, I'm not going to flatter myself. I have decided that we have lost our audience. It was blown away by Hurricane Ida, which is a pity because we were having fun. And you, you know, there, you know, Marianne. Is... A lot of people don't have internet back. I was shocked uh, to hear this morning 
I was with a group of ladies and um, I was the only one that had internet back in, in my area. They Really? Yeah. Uh, some people here at the well, station they, I, don't have it back yet. Hmm. Well, I'm going to I'm going to reassess doing the show at all though because um right now I ought to be at the hospital with Tom and I'm here doing the show and um and I I'm thinking well maybe we ought to reassess that if if we don't really have anyone listening then I wonder if it's worth doing until people get more online. I mean, I'm not even getting texts from people that uh, normally text me during the show or emails from people that have heard something on the show. So I wonder actually what is the audience out there at this time? I mean, you know, when you have a major event like this was, I mean, it was a major event. And usually, and I think we talked about this yesterday, I said that you you go back to something that you did before and it somehow doesn't seem right to do it anymore. Even if it was something that you did every day, it was like a really big part of your routine. It's like something like this blows apart all of your routines. I mean, did you find that? You oh, do. definitely. I have a hard time remembering what day it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, just... yeah. But not only that, I mean, I think that's true of everyone. But I'm just saying if you have a routine, I mean, everyone has kind of a routine. I, yeah. I think that even if you're a really spontaneous person like I am, I even have a routine. And, um, and I find that I am having, I mean, now, now obviously, the hurricane aftermath has been exacerbated for we sure have Darren for us on the phone. you know oh darren is on the phone let's talk to darren hello darren how's it going it's going terribly how's me? it going for you uh-huh i can hear I, you um you know you know what it it um so we are still evacuated we have still mm-hmm. have no electricity and um but you know what? I'm just I'm I'm trying to count my blessings. Fortunate that we had family in Texas. Where are you to be with? Texas. We are in Houston. Mm-hmm. So my my wife's entire family is here, and um and they've been here for some time. And then her parents moved one year post Katrina, and so. We're fortunate that we have a home and that we're not incurring many of the expenses that other people are having to be challenged with. And uh, mm-hmm. we don't have electricity, but at the end of the day, the, the home appears to be okay. And so I, uh, it's interesting, Marianne, because I've told you this in the past. When I came back from Katrina, it was, it was Tom's voice and his radio show that made me feel home. And, um, and so hearing you guys today reminded me of that. Well, that makes me very, very sad. I appreciate the sentiment. And I know that that is very true. Of a lot of people, cause Tom heard that for a very, very long time after Katrina, that it was Tom's soothing voice that got them through Katrina and I am um, touched by that, and I will speak on his behalf that he would be touched by that too. But it's an extraordinary difference with Hurricane Katrina and Hurricane Ida because Tom is in the hospital, 
and has been for almost a week now. And, and I don't know when he's going to be out. And he is, um, he, he has had a real event. Ida was a real event for him. And um, it's just interesting how one hurricane is one thing and the other is something totally different. And, um, and you said was very sweet and it's also very sad, you know, it's very sad. Well, well, certainly our prayers for, for Tom, and I know that many people would feel that way. And, you know, Marianne, I never thought I would, I, I would feel this way and, and, and I'll soon be 51 and a native New Orleanian my whole life in the Metro New Orleans area. But having evacuated with my father, who is in his late 70s, I told my wife, I don't know if at his age that I would want to endure this. And um, and it starts to wear on you. But I also think it's part of being away, being tired, agitated. But I always, always try to look at the glass half full and and to count my blessings and the truth of the matter is the the home for those who do have a damaged home or someone who has a damaged establishment um it it it's truly uh, not nearly as important as as people and and as our lives and so um you know that that's kind of what pushes me uh just to to go another day but um and I'm like Patty I, I I've almost forgotten what day it is, what time it is. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, it's very disrupting. It's very, very disrupting. It is. And I joked with yeah. my dad. I said, um, maybe Sunday we'll be eating some Louisiana blue crabs watching the Saints. Who knows? But mm. um, isn't it interesting that New Orleanians, we think about food. <laughs> it's kind of what. <laughs> um, it's well, that's kind what of Tom what said about ourselves. Katrina. That's what Tom said about Katrina, that he would, when he was in D.C., there were people who were contacting him by email, inviting him to dinner up in D.C., and that's all they did was talk about food. So, gosh, it's well, so it, hard it, to it's imagine. Our bond. Mm-hmm. It's definitely our bond. And um, hopefully when my, my, so my son Julian is very fortunate. He left this morning for a road trip for a college tour at Georgia Tech. And he enjoyed hot dogs at the Varsity. So hopefully I'll have a food report for you maybe next week on, on his <laughs> experience with hot dogs at the Varsity, which is oh a very well-known place, as the, you know. The, it is. It is. The Varsity is an interesting place. You know, I am all about the institution, and my kids will roll their eyes about that because I am all about the institution. And, yep, and um, I would... And, I, I couldn't agree with you more when it comes to yeah, stuff but, like but, that. Yeah, but 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 an institution isn't necessarily good, you know. Sometimes right. an institution no, right. is just an institution. Uh, to wit, mothers. Okay, sometimes it's just an institution. So we went to the varsity when we were evacuated for Katrina. We were in Atlanta, and we went to the varsity, and. I think the thing that I remember most about that trip to the varsity was that I had never seen the BET network and I was gaga. 
over that. I just was, wow, you know, and, uh, you know, we were, we lived kind of a sheltered life and we didn't do a lot of cable television. And, uh, and I was just amazed at that. And that was the one thing that I took away. That's my, my prime, uh, remembrance of, of the varsity. And also that the food was not good, that it was just an institution, but not good. And that well, was, and you know uh, what? I'll, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I miss, it's funny, I, not long before evacuating, I had a really nice meal with my dad and, uh, and his wife, you know, my mother's deceased and, and my dad's wife, uh, we were at Giorlando's and I, and I remember it was, it was a packed house and, and kind of knowing that, okay, we could be impacted by the storm. We may be evacuating. And, and just looking around and, and seeing family and people together and the laughter. And, and I thought to myself, you know, this is kind of in the moment, you know, what will this be a week from now, two weeks from now? And yeah. so I, I thought I thought about today as well, that boy, what would I give? How, how simple, but what would I give to say, hey, Dad, let's go to Giorlando's and sit down and have some spaghetti and meatballs or, you know, he likes the hamburger steak. Just, just the simplest things mm-hmm. that, uh, that make us feel so whole and complete. Yep. That's right. Well, a lot of places are opening. I don't know if that one's open. I would be surprised if it was, but, um, Metairie's got a lot of power back. So, you know, that'll probably be sooner than you think. When are you planning to come back? You're just coming back after the power's back on. Yes. Yeah, so the, the hope is, you know, Marianne, how crazy it is. And, and I don't say this as a, as a criticism because those people are working their tails off. Mm-hmm. But one side of my block has power. My side doesn't. So the hope is, mm-hmm. is that we will have power maybe sometime tomorrow. And, um, mm-hmm. and certainly just like to get back. I mean, we obviously, we were all dealt a huge blow with COVID that was so disruptive, as you know, and uh, just wanting that normalcy. You know, my wife is a school teacher. My, I've got a son that's in high school, one in college, but the one in high school, you know, just wanting the normalcy. And, um, but it's uh, one day at a time, one day at a time. And yeah, uh, sure. you know what, in the, in the big picture, as you mentioned uh, with, with Tom, um, you know, we, we always have to stop and, and, and reflect on how fortunate and blessed we are. And yep. so, um, you know, my, my yep. complaining about oh, wishing I had electricity is not nearly as, as, as big as what you're dealing with. So um, yeah. certainly my prayers right. to you and Tom and the family. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Take care. You're welcome. That's it for the food show. 75th anniversary of WGSO. Please go to the website, WGSO.com, and click that yellow button for donation. It will be tax deductible. They're a 501c3 nonprofit in addition to being the community voice of the Crescent City all these years and the only locally owned news talk station. We have our own platforms here at the food show. We have nomenu.com. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. It's where you'll find Tom's extensive 50-year body of work about food in general, New Orleans food in particular. 
There are restaurant reviews, the list of open restaurants, the almanac, 400 recipes. They all come out. The Food Show podcast, if you miss something on the show, please tell a friend about the show. We would love for them to join our audience. It's an escape. We want to give you an escape from the constant barrage of what seems to be a crisis that we live under these days. So please tell a friend about the show. Uh, we would also like to invite you to go to nomenu.com and sign up for the newsletter, which comes out twice a week, delivered right to your inbox. We also have our Instagram page. It's at the New Orleans menu. We would love for you to follow us there. Stay with us. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. You are listening to The Food Show. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. It's WGSO New Orleans. It's time now for the Louisiana Radio Network News. It is 4 o'clock. More of The Food Show. One more day tomorrow. We'll be back. USA Radio.